0: Hello, readers and writers. I am Anthony L. Manna, also known as Professor Grandpa Tonio, the book guy and the writing guy. Welcome to Writers on Writing, my podcast series of conversations with great, great authors. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Maggie Grinnell, a writer dedicated to publishing entertaining and heartfelt stories. Here's what Maggie Grinnell wrote about herself on her website, and I'm quoting here. I started writing in 1992. I loved to create lists, and from those lists came stories. My favorite things to do besides writing is to go to the movies, read a good book, visit Disneyland, yes, I am still a kid at heart, and listen to music something I can dance to." And that's the end of the quote. Maggie gets her ideas and inspiration from both childhood and life experiences. She enjoys writing picture books and poetry. About herself, she has written, and I'm quoting here, "'Writing is a part of me. Writing is my heart and soul.'" Maggie is the author of David and Rusty's Pirate Adventures, an exciting tale that transport, transports David and Rusty, his faithful teddy bear, through a hidden door and onto a pirate ship where they actually meet up with a real pirate. Yeah. He has also authored Tangled Words, a poetic song of praise and also the ketchup bottle and the takeover an amusing though strangely serious story about a ketchup bottles dilemma when it moves into a refrigerator occupied by items that try to figure out who this bottle is and what it wants. Another of Maggie's published picture books is Isabella and Penelope. It is a deeply emotional exploration of a young girl's need to use her imagination as a way to cope with her father's death. Maggie Grinnell lives in California with her cat, Jasmine, named after the princess in the story of Aladdin. Maggie, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's- Thank uh, you. You're welcome. And it's such a great pleasure to be talking with you today. About your life um, as a writer. I, o- I always like to begin by asking the author and author, what do you remember about your experiences with books and reading during your childhood? And that is, if you do remember anything at all.
1: <laughs> well, my first time that I remember um, when my mom was giving me a bath. I was probably three years old and it was actually a cloth book and it teaches kids how to buckle belts and tie shoelaces. And I remember I had that that texture with the belt and the shoelace and it was as hard for me at three to do that. But my goodness, I just thought this, you know, cloth thing and turning over the pages was wonderful. And that was actually my first experience with the book. Um, so that was, uh, um, uh, God. And then after that, I just couldn't wait to get my hands on a book just to feel the texture of the book. That's why I don't, um, like Kindle cause I love the texture and the smell of books. So, um, that gets me very excited to turn the page physically. So that's my first memory of a book.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful memory. (laughs) It's amazing to me how, how how long it stays with us, you know, and Mm -hmm. I find that out from other authors that um, sometimes that was the pivot that, you know, got us thinking about books and making books. And um, Mm -hmm. so what, what about becoming a writer? When did you know that you wanted to be a writer?
1: Oh gosh. Um, I would say I've always had the imagination. Um, it's been with me since I was little. Um, putting down a story probably was college that I wanted to be a writer. I've always wanted to be a veterinarian because I love animals. And in high school, I thought that's what I'm going to be. And I I just want to do that. And then just one day I had a story and I thought maybe I should write this down, but I put it to the side. Um, and then in college, I really started to um, write down stories here and there. And then I really started to get into it because my imagination got a little bit more intense and these characters spoke to me. So I would say probably college is mm-hmm. when I really knew I wanted to do writing, to be a writer.
0: Was, was there an impetus in terms of like a, a, t- a particular teacher or
1: instructor? There was no. There was actually a nun. I went to um, a Catholic college in downtown Los Angeles. Um, and uh, she was very strict. She was the kind that would mark little red marks all over your paper. And I would get discouraged like, oh, gosh, I'm doing such a bad job. I I, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, even Uh, So I graduated, but my mom later told me that um, I was her best student. I said, wait a minute. What about the red marks all over the papers? And um, said she wanted me to keep writing. And she did not. She said I had a really good story. I just didn't know how to put together. So it was a structure of the story I did not know how to do. But I had it in my head it's just getting down on paper and structuring it like beginning, middle and end. So um, that kind of spoke to me. I did not know that. So yeah, now it's like writing is, is like in my blood really, you know, I, I have ideas come to me all the time. I just have to put it down on paper.
0: That's right. Yeah. And it's, um,
1: always, yeah. It's, it's
0: always a challenge to follow the inspiration, <laughs> you know, to, to get mm-hmm. it. Oh, it is. So, yeah, <laughs> I think also to trust ourselves and our confidence. You know, I mean, that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I, I, I'm always challenged with that, I think, as a writer, is to, you know, and is to be sure that I can trust myself that, okay, I'm doing this and, um, you know, this is the way it's working right now. It may not be the best, but it could be improved, et cetera, you know? So, um, and then I say to you, but why, why, why writing? What's the attraction? Why do you like the challenge?
1: Uh, um, you know, honestly, I don't feel like it's a challenge. Um, um, I think most people will think, okay, I pick up a pen, now I've got to think of the story, and now i got to put down the paper. <laughs> and then to me, I felt like once I wanted to be a writer, I felt like, that was it. That was like, it was easy to take the pen and put it down to paper and just start writing out the story. So for me, I felt like uh, inspiration, I feel like is there around me. And I think it's just now the uh, what do you call it? The, grabbing the pen and putting it down on paper. So writing is always in me. I just, Never felt like it was much of a challenge to get my words out. It was just putting it down on paper and getting it out there for everyone to see. That was that would probably be the biggest challenge, is mm. getting my work out there. Uh, but I would say having the story um, is always with me. And I just need to take the time and write it down. Mm.
0: Wonderful to hear. Tangled Tangled Words is one of your recent books. And what an intriguing, even spiritual cover you chose to highlight the poetic images you use. I got a sense that you were capturing capturing what seems to be a childhood experience. What did you set out to offer your readers in Tangled Words?
1: Uh, I wanted um, the... The, actually, the title came to me because I think a lot of people can agree that when you think of words in your head, when they come out, either on paper or through your mouth, it could be tangled. You don't, you the words are different than what you want to say. And so I, that's how I came out, tangled words. I'm like, okay, wait, <laughs> maybe that's not what I want to say, or that's not the version of how I want to say it. Um but I just wanted people to see me. Um, Those are um, childhood experiences, um, things that I have seen um, in my head and things that I've seen through life. And so I just wanted everyone to get better understanding of me um, as a poet, as an author, as a person. And that's what I want everyone to look at when they look at that book.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So in other words, it's almost, it's something autobiographical.
1: Yes. Yes. So if they, if they look at it, um, they will see bits and pieces of my life and then they will see how my imagination works.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought because it does reach into the imagination as well. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what stains it by the way. In David and Rusty's pirate adventures, you surprise readers uh, with an incident that, that gives David and Rusty, his teddy bear friend, a new sense of purpose. So what is that surprise? And why did you, <laughs> why did you include it in the, in the development of that story, that intriguing story?
1: Well, um, with David, he was um, a, a boy that really didn't have any friends, actually didn't have any friends. And rusty was his only friend and to give up that only friend um, i felt needed to happen um he needed to feel like uh he didn't have to hold on to that friend that friend will always be there for him it's just that he's got to let his friend grow and so to have him give up his teddy bear to the captain um of the pirate ship i know it was hard for him uh, but he knew the captain needed it more at that time i'm actually writing a sequel to it oh. where day yeah 10 years later the <laughs> house is going to be sold so he goes back through the closet and to get to say goodbye to rusty actually again because this is it um, and but the captain's son comes back And so Captain gives Rusty back to David. So they're reunited after 10 years. And then they go back through the closet door and they continue on with their lives together. So that's actually the sequel I'm writing. (laughs) It all all ends good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I wish you luck, seriously. (laughs) Thank you. It sounds wonderful. <laughs> what, what about the ketchup bottle and the takeover? <laughs> I, I found that so amusing. And then I, I kept thinking about the, ke- the ketchup bottle it, it, having a kind of identity crisis. I mean, the poor guy or poor <laughs> bottle. <laughs> so, what do you what do you hope, what do you hope kids will gain from from reading this short story or having it read to them?
1: Um, well, first I got the idea from uh, there was a friend's refrigerator that had a huge ketchup ball took like like over the side of the refrigerator nothing else fit i thought dear lord where did you find this bottle it was like 64 ounces What? i mean if i had a camera i would have taken a picture but i didn't um and i thought what happens if that ketchup ball had an ego and decided, you know what, I, I'm going to own this refrigerator, so let's go. So I, when I started to think about it, I'm like, wait a minute, where's, where's the story going to go? And I realized that um, you cannot have an ego. you got to let everybody, he wasn't letting anyone in. Um, the ketchup bottle just wanted it for himself because he was used to being by himself. And so when others wanted to come in and help him, he didn't want that. He pushed them away. So I want kids and, and parents to read the book and feel like uh, they should accept others for what they are. And uh, they, if someone is trying to help you, don't push them away. And so the ending is where... Um, Tommy tomato, which is the name of the ketchup bottle is where he gets lost at a picnic and, um, uh, he comes back half full, uh, but he is better half full than he was full. So he has this, it's just uh, all these friends accept him for who he is now because he's half full. So he's not feeling like he's all that great, but they think he's great he's better than he was before. So I want them to feel that just be yourself and just let others in. It's okay. It's okay. So that's yeah. what I want them to get. <laughs> that's, nice. no, that's good. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, bring, that, I mean,
0: bringing that in as far as acceptance of others. I mean, that's such an important mm-hmm. thing is to consider. Let, let's turn to Isabella and Penelope. Um, <laughs> your picture book, uh, Which one of your reviewers describes as a story about a young girl's imagination helping her to cope with her father's passing? While preparing for our interview, I learned that this this story, this heartfelt story, is very close to you personally.
1: Mm -hmm. It is
0: how close is it?
1: Uh, My dad developed Alzheimer's, and he was put into a home, and uh, he, I saw him four days before he died. He actually went into a coma. Um, so his eyes were not open, but he knew who I was. Um, so to get to spend time with him four days before he passed was something, um, that still did not make it any easier when he passed. And in my, when I got back to writing, which is two years later, because just like Isabella, I, I shut down for two years. I did not write at all because my dad was my inspiration for writing. And I thought, he's not here. I'm not going to write. So in my mind, I thought, what happens if a little girl had to experience her dad dying? So I had her dad dying in a plane crash on her birthday. And that was that was the love of her life was her dad. And then she stopped speaking for two years. And I thought, how is she going to get her voice back? Well, because I have such a wild imagination, um, I was holding a cereal box. And I remember as a little kid, there used to be toys in there. And I thought, let's have a caterpillar. Let's have something unique. Um, And let's have a pink because it's a girl. And then let's have it eat its way out of the garbage bag that was thrown into and then crawl over to Isabella and then speak to her. So they understood each other, even though Isabella wasn't speaking, Penelope can look at Isabella and have her gain that strength. But when uh, Penelope turned into this uh, beautiful butterfly, um, Isabella thought oh another person's going to leave me but i read in mexico is when there is someone that dies a butterfly all these butterflies come to a bridge and then they fly to heaven and that's one day a year could celebrate the death of somebody
2: Hmm. so
1: i incorporated that in my book so all these butterflies kept landing on her window seal Um, Just to show that her dad is sending her lots of love from heaven. So that's when she knew she can open up. So she runs to her mom and speaks for the first time saying, I love you after two years and just opens up. And so that's, that's mine. Wasn't as grand when I got back to writing, I didn't have butterflies everywhere, but um, it just was a big opening that after two years I can actually write and it was okay to do that. Well, that's wonderful. So huh? I dedicated that yeah, I dedicated that book to my dad. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And also
0: just yeah. my I mean I, I was so interested in the butterflies because the whole idea of them, you know, developing, you know, out of the um, you know, from from the, the caterpillar, as it were, into
2: mm-hmm.
0: like it's like her own emergence. Uh, it's like Isabella's own emergence as she realizes that she can move on, you know? And then mm-hmm. that, and that scene where the butterflies are, are just dropping in and dropping out and dropping in, and that's, that's it's, it's really uh, symphonic. It's, it's very beautiful um, to uh, bring Thank that. Thank you. In. Yeah, no, I, I, it was very um, moving. Oh. A, a reader might say that Isabella and Penelope is a picture book about death and grieving but that doesn't seem to describe the entire theme or themes. What other? No. What are, What do you want people to you, to think about other than just the grieving and the death? Um,
1: it's It's actually about a story about love. It's if you look at it, it's the love between Isabel and her dad. Even though you don't see the love, you feel it. And then Isabel and her mother at the very end of the book that's about love. Then you got Isabel and Penelope, which is about love. So there are all these little stories about love um, and how to accept that love. And each one is different. Um, Isabella had to accept that her dad loved her, even though he wasn't there. Um, her mom loved her and she was there. And uh, Penelope loved her for a short time and had to leave. So there's this three different stories about love. So it's more about love than death and grieving.
0: Yeah, that 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 certainly it certainly is felt that way as a reader. You you certainly feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I was wondering a little bit about your process as a writer. Um, As I say, you know, writing a book takes a lot of uh, time and energy, creativity, endurance, patience. So, what about your your journey? What about your journey to publish? What is that? Oh
1: wow. Well, publishing is very hard. Um, I never set out to publish. What happened was I um, saw this magazine that was specifically online and I started writing articles about writing and submitting it once a month to them. Um, They got new ownership from a small publishing company and they liked my articles. And they said, do you write any stories? And I'm like, oh, I can write a story. So I started uh, writing stories. And it's just a man and his wife that owned this publishing company. It was just them. They put together the books. They didn't have a big uh, warehouse where they made books. They just did it themselves. So I was with them for all three of my books. Um, yeah. And uh Gosh, I would say, uh, don't set out to get published. Just set out to write down your words, and they will get out there eventually. (laughs) Um, That, yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that was, yeah, yeah. That's that's how I, uh, that's how I see it. Is um, I, mine was a stroke of luck, just writing for a magazine and having the new publisher just look at my work and saying, do you have anything else? Do you have any stories? And, um, so that's, that's how I started my journey with my books.
0: And and what is it, Do you, can you mention the name of the, those people? I mean, the, the people that are supporting you?
1: Um, I would, I can name the company, but the company is no longer there because actually the, Husband and wife went through a divorce, so they actually stopped the company. Oh. Um, and Tang- Tangle Words is actually my first book through my new publishing company. Um, so, uh, but I felt privileged to be with them, and they were great.
0: So, well, good to hear that the good experience because I think, thank you. I think what well, you know if, if you have a good experience with a publisher whether mm-hmm. it's the, whether it's one of those big box companies you know i mean one of the major yeah. original companies that i've worked with some from time to time or whether you're you know going independently to a smaller company when you get the endorsement you know you feel encouraged you know and sometimes i think it's a lot more difficult with the large companies because it's so so competitive you know and uh, some of us some of us authors writers shy away from from the big companies because we know how difficult it is for to be accepted. Oh,
1: it yes, absolutely. What about
0: um I always like to ask, you know, the advice that you might want to give a person who's, who
1: longs to be a published writer. Oh gosh. I would say um again, do not think about being published. Um think about actually think about if you're why if you want to write poems, let's say um, just, just write that down. It doesn't, my poems don't rhyme at all. So I just go free verse. I, I I feel that's more of me, uh, but some other poems could be rhyming and other poets could like that. I would say just, Write for you. Just write for you. Write the stories. You can tell your friends and maybe they'll tell some friends. Um, but don't get discouraged if you don't get published. Um, I have a friend who's a writer and I'm actually very jealous of her uh, because she is with a big publishing company and um, she has got many books under them. So, but I have come to realize I am my own writer and um, I I feel good about what I've written and the stories are out there. So I would tell writers just to write for themselves and they will get published one day, but just wait for it. Hmm. Just wait. It'll come along. Well, and also I would say if uh, they can go out, well, now that we have this whole virus going on um, before that if they can go to writing conventions and they can connect with other writers i've done that i've been to los angeles and i've connected to other writers um, if they can go to writer meetings um wherever they can to meet other writers that would help too um, go to book festivals um just get out there and then have a business card Um, I would have a website if you really want to uh, promote yourself and just kind of, you just really have to promote yourself as a writer Um, and you have to believe in yourself before anyone else will. So if you believe in yourself and you put yourself out there, you're definitely going to be seen.
0: Well, I'm so glad you mentioned, um, you know, being with other writers and,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it puts you, um, especially if you're sharing what you've been writing, because, I mean, it puts you in a very vulnerable position. You know, you, you have to learn how to accept their, their critique, you know, and I don't want to say criticism, but let's say their response, you know, and that's, uh, mm-hmm. I've learned, my, I myself have learned so much from, uh, and I miss it, I missed it once the, the virus set in and we stopped meeting, we were meeting every other week. And we always brought pages uh, that we were working on, you know, and I found this to be enormously helpful. And I think I'm so glad we're talking about this uh, to so that other writers uh, can hear, you know, the mm-hmm. that kind of process, um, which is very important. And also on your website, you have a, a festival of, uh, of, of books. Um, I noticed, uh, mm-hmm. what is that called? I can't remember.
1: It's uh, the Orange County uh, Children's Book Festival and for poets and writers um, and illustrators. And I go to that once a year. It's in Orange County. Um, It's a wonderful place to promote yourself as a writer. Um, So once you have written a book, you just. Submit it to the festival, and you fill out an application, and then they will find um, a booth for you to promote your writing. And there, there are like ten thousand people that show up, and um, these little kids will will come over, and they will look at the book if it's it's something that um, like Isabella is wonderful because Isabella is at this little girl. So little girls come over and look at the book and then the parent will follow. So I would say that is a great place for writers. You know, even if you're not published, just go, just go. And there'll be writers that can talk to them. And like, if they approach me and I can give out my card and they can talk to me about advice on what to do. um, And they can see my books and, so I think that'd be a great place to go. Even if they haven't submitted their book, they can just walk around and speak to other writers and get inspiration, right? away. Yeah,
0: very encouraging.
1: You know, I think I might want to put
0: a plug in right here for the Society of Children's Books, book writers and illustrators, a CBW Thank you. in California. I mean, they're in Los mm-hmm. Angeles and they have regional uh, affiliates. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one right here in North Ohio that I go to oh. all the time because they do workshops and they have a they have a conference every year. Now this year, this particular year, uh, or I should say 2020, it was virtual. Um, but it's uh, it's it's a very intriguing uh, place to go to because you you as you say you meet other writers, you can sit and talk, and they they also offer some fantastic uh, workshops. You know, so I think people who are listening to us might want to look into S cbwi.org. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, so I'm I'm coming to the end of our conversation. And I think the big thing is for me to ask you about what you're working on. Well, you already told us you've got uh, a, a sequel to that marvelous um, mm-hmm. Dede and Rusty's Pirate Adventures, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. And then you were talking to me about your take on Snow White. And, uh, <laughs> and then, the, and Prince Charming. I thought I was. You really made me think about that. Do you want to talk about it a little <laughs> bit? Because I think you. I think-
1: well, I, you know, I was thinking. With um, I love fairy tales, and I was thinking, well, let's see if I can rewrite a fairy tale. So I chose Snow White, and uh, so she gets attached to the seven dwarfs because they each have their own personality. So she meets Prince Charming, and then she marries him, and then she realizes that he has his charm, but that's it. She misses bashful and grumpy, and she misses all of their characteristics. I mean, you can't be charming 100% of the time. (laughs) So that just kind of gets on her nerves, like, oh, my gosh, I want a little grumpiness. I want the bashful. I want that. And, um, so she realized she just, that's not it. She doesn't want that anymore. Um, she felt like it was more real life being with them. So, um, I had her leave and go back with them. I just don't know what the outcome will be. I mean, they'll be happy to see her, but I'm not sure how their life is going to be different when she goes back. Um, but I had that idea of maybe charming is not always cracked up to be.
0: That was so interesting. (laughs) Too much. Too much charm can get to you. It's like,
1: (laughs) yeah, really. That's all he's got is charming. My gosh, hundred percent of the time, and that's it. Too much. You
0: know? No, I I can imagine. I mean, when you were when you were talking about it, I I imagine her fleeing. You know, she's (laughs) done. And one day, one day, whether she's going to flee back to the dwarves, I just think that. Something I hope you'll work on it. It can be very interesting. So let me tell, uh, let me tell our listeners, readers and writers, visit uh, Maggie Grinnell's website. That's uh, M-A-G-G-I-E-G-R-I-N-N-E-L. Of course, that'll come up in the, uh, in, in the, in the interview uh, posted. On her website, Maggie introduces you to her life as a writer. She introduces her hobbies and her interests, um, mm-hmm. and uh, thank you, Maggie, thank you so much um, Sure. Uh, for, for spending so, such precious time for us today. Um, it, it's been a pleasure hearing about your life and, uh, and also about your projects. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I hope you carry on with your writing and are encouraged mm-hmm. uh, to, 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 to write the sequel and also to think about Prince Charming. I just can't wait to meet him he he he. I mean, because he, he could be on the obnoxious scale. You know? Yeah. So well, Maggie, thanks a lot. thank you so much. And uh, you sure, know, you know, life is busy, and there you are, and you've uh, you know you've you've uh, given a lot of your background and yourself. So uh, carry on with your writing, and uh, thank stay, you. Stay in touch with me, okay? Because I'm sure we could. Um, you know we can uh, talk through some writing it would be very interesting so
1: oh yes absolutely yeah. i would love to keep in touch
0: okay wonderful let's do that and i'll i'll i will talk to you soon you have a, have, a, have a good evening and i'll talk oh to thank you.
1: You. You. You, nice to you bye bye you too nice to meet you bye you too